Hi, I'm Andy, and welcome to Radio Headspace, and to Wednesday morning. thought today I wanted to transport you back to a former life of mine, living in a particular monastery, which was so strict that at times I found myself without really that sort of feeling of being able to move. I actually felt quite stressed sometimes by just how rigid it was. Of course, that was caused by my own mind, not by the schedule, but at the same time, think there is a balance to be struck sometimes and I think sometimes as we look at the day ahead we might feel that it's particularly busy particularly full but there is a difference in traveling through that day rushing and there's a difference in traveling through that day moving quickly sometimes we have to move quickly in life rushing I feel is more sort of a concept in the mind and I think we've talked a little bit about this on Radio Headspace before but the implications of rushing and not always good. And I remember I was asked to cook lunches one week. So we would have people come in. So these are people who come to the monastery, into the nunnery, and they stay for a week. And as the monks and the nuns, we would do our best to not only continue with our practice, but to look after them as guests and to support them in their practice. And I was still quite new at the monastery, and so I didn't really know where everything was and sort of how to do everything. I was still learning. One lunchtime I went down and we would come straight from our practice. We'd go into the kitchen and there would just be, this is what you're making. This is the recipe. This is how you do it. And, you know, you just go about making it. And I think it was making it for probably about 20, 25 people, something like that. Anyway, it was mulligatawny soup. I don't know if you know what mulligatawny soup is. It's kind of like a curry soup, but it's like a mild curry soup. I think it comes from India. It's quite an English thing anyway. We have a lot over there. Anyway, I started making this soup. I had one eye on the clock and... The time was kind of whizzing away and I definitely changed. I felt a definite movement going from, okay, I'm just going to kind of get through this to starting to feel a bit panicky and starting to rush. And the more I did that, the more things seemed to go wrong. As I pour things in, I would either pour too much or I'd drop something. And you know that pattern that starts to happen in the day when we get a bit clumsy, maybe we trip up and maybe we make a mistake. We send an email before we should or whatever it might be. I was kind of getting into that rhythm. So as I read down the recipe and what needed to go into this soup, it said I needed two tablespoons of curry powder. And I thought, okay. So I went to the cupboard. But I was in such a rush, I was in such a panic, that instead of grabbing the curry powder, I actually grabbed a cayenne pepper. I mean, a tablespoon of cayenne pepper would blow your head off. Two tablespoons of cayenne pepper? I mean, that's a lot. So anyway, I made the soup. Now, as a monk, as a nun, as you're cooking, you're not actually supposed to eat the food. It's called over-tasting. You know, because it's really easy to sort of just have a little tasting. That's really nice. I'll have another bit. I'll have another bit. You can sort of taste a little bit at the end just to make sure that it's okay, but no more than that. So it wasn't until the end, five minutes before I had to get the soup out, that I realised. I tasted it. I thought my head was going to explode. And I had no idea. I had 25 people who were waiting for their food. It was their last meal of the day. You only get breakfast and lunch in the monastery. There was no more food to come. I felt absolutely terrible. But in this state of panic, thought, okay, how can I cool this down? So I knew that sweet kind of balanced out. So the first thing, I got some milk and I poured that in. Didn't really make any difference. I got some sugar. I chucked that in. Didn't really seem to make much difference either. I got some honey. I actually ended up throwing in some apricot jam as well. I did whatever I could, anything I could find in the fridge just to cool it down. And I think in many ways, it captures that state of panic where we're willing to just do anything to kind of make it right without really thinking too much about it. And I dished out the soup and I had to leave it outside of the room 
of each of the retreatants. Now, obviously it was a silent retreat and we're about five days in. So there was nothing that anybody could say, at least for, <laughs> at least for five days, until we got to the end of the retreat. And several people came up to me and said, that soup, you know, I spent at least a day, if not a couple of days, reliving that soup in many different ways. It was very, very uncomfortable. And it was an experience that stayed with me for a long time, not less about the comments that came back after the retreat, but more about that feeling of being driven by time, being driven to rush, where we start to make mistakes. It's such a recognisable feeling. I think we all can relate to it. We've all experienced it and we will all experience it again. But in those moments, if we can, if we're able, if time permits, if the situation permits, the ability to step back from that, to pause, to take a couple of breaths, to regain our composure, recognising that, yes, we need to move quickly. Yes, we need to react or respond to a particular situation. But if we can do that from a place of calm and clarity, rather than confusion and panic as I did in that situation, then almost inevitably the result is going to be better. Never invite me round to cook for you. I hope you've enjoyed listening today. Thanks for listening. I look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow.